Welcome back to another episode of The Latchkey Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host and the youngest sibling, Gray Baker. I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. I'm Allegra (laughs) and the brain sees what the heart wants it to feel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember when it said that and there were... Like, I think I was thinking about that line for, like, 30 seconds. You're like, something about that doesn't sound right. The nipples are the eyes of the face. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This whole movie. This whole movie. Oh, my God. I'd like to apologize for putting it was pretty good, right? Get on the wheel. <laughs> Colin, this movie was so deeply upsetting. It was also, like, kind of boring at it the was- same time. Two hours long. <laughs> well, Gray. Well, yeah, let's get into it. Um, this season, uh, the format's different. Uh, it's a shortened season that lasts four months. We each flip a coin to see whether we have to defend a good movie that'll be chosen, that we chose, or a bad movie from the stinkhole this stink week. Hole. <laughs> I chose from the stinkhole. Yeah. And. I am defending Holland's pick, the 2001 romantic comedy, question mark on both of those things, Shallow Hal. Um, quick little summary for those of you who did not choose to watch this. Um, and I feel following like the advice, don't do it, don't watch it. <laughs> following the advice of his dying father... Hal dates only women who are physically beautiful. One day, however, he runs into self-help guru Tony Robbins, who hypnotizes him into recognizing only the inner beauty of women. Hal thereafter meets Rosemary, a largely obese woman whom only he can see as a vision of loveliness. But will their relationship survive when Hal's equally shallow friend undoes the hypnosis? I think that's a very succinct I mean, it's, 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 summary. It's what, it's what the movie was. <laughs> Can't you just imagine um, the laughs and the feels <laughs> you can get from such a premise? Did we see this in theaters? It came out in November of 2001. So I was four. Like, you were Holland was nine and Allegra was seven. We did not. See this we in did theaters. not see this in theaters, but I do know we saw Harry Potter in November two thousand one in theaters. Um, You're telling me we had a choice between <laughs> Harry Potter. I just no, and I just Shallow it's Hal. just striking me that like I know we went to the theaters that, that month, but it wasn't to see this Can movie. Can you imagine seeing all the other kids lined up for Harry Potter and then we went into Shallow Hall <laughs> instead? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that had actually happened. Just knowing our trash taste in the past. Can you imagine? So, <laughs> but ac- accidentally seeing Harry right. Potter's premiere is what got Holland hardcore into Harry Potter. Could you imagine if we went into Shallow Hell and suddenly she got really into like Jack Black? Comedy? I don't. I don't Hold know. On. If Hold on. I wouldn't Hold compare on. guys. Two. I want to limit the amount of criticism you guys give to this movie before I have a chance to defend it. Okay. So. So we didn't, we see, definitely it didn't see it in theaters. We definitely saw it. I know. I feel like I saw it at Dad's because Dad yeah. was definitely more of a Jack Black person. We probably rented it. Yeah. I feel like or we it was must on have TV. Rented it or it was on TV or something. Um, did our parents have any thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> Mom didn't answer me, but Dad says <laughs> Dad says it's a classic. <laughs> 
Jack Black and Jason Alexander were great. The script and story were fantastically unique. <laughs> then to fold in Tony Robbins with mystical powers. Tremendous. I can't tell if he's joking or not. Because <laughs> he also has an exclamation point at the end of tremendous. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Dad would vote Usually for when dad is. Yeah, that's hard to read because usually when dad is genuine about something it's more of a like yeah absolutely you know it's more like downbeat yeah and then when he's very like overtly enthusiastic it's usually sarcasm yeah so i can't tell i'm afraid to ask so i didn't i feel like someone (laughs) told dad to start using explanation points more in writing so he doesn't sound so serious (laughs) i think that was me (laughs) oh really yeah Yeah. Um, I didn't say to start, I didn't say to start using exclamation points. I said it is possible to be more emotive in text. (laughs) You just don't end it every sentence with a period. I mean, whenever Um, I hear like dad exclamation point, I think of his, uh, weird little roar. (laughs) Yeah. Like his jokey yell. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, well anyways, that is a great review i think you guys should carry that same kind of sentiment (laughs) um let's do um some pre-watch notes and then get into the pre-scores so pre-watch notes i say holland take it away okay i really didn't remember a lot before going into this um other than the general premise jack black is fat phobic and somehow gets spelled into seeing women's quote-unquote inner beauty instead of their outer beauty falls in love with Gwyneth Paltrow who in reality is overweight I guess he learns a lesson probably that's up for debate but we'll get into it (laughs) Allegra I feel like the like I saw this movie in like chunks and bits and pieces I think I've only seen it all the way through once Jack Black and Jason Alexander are loser fuckboys who judge women super harshly and then wonder why they're single. Jack Black gets stuck in an elevator with a hypnotherapist who trains him to see women as, quote, their true selves. So all nice ladies seem stereotypically hot to him. There's a gross toe shot in this movie. I hate Jack Black's hair. (laughs) And of course, Jack Black starts dating uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and everyone is so shocked because she's fat and he doesn't see fat as being in attractive i don't know the way i wrote this was like pretty upset but it's basically it he's seeing women's inner beauty and apparently no one can be hot and fat at the same time so he sees no women as anything other than stick thin model types i hate this movie i remember more things i just don't want to type it <laughs> wow you remembered a lot i remember the yeah time. you remembered a lot um i didn't even remember jason alexander was in this movie <laughs> i remembered yeah i didn't me neither um, although i did there was one part that i did remember as soon as it was happening but i know we will get to I it remember i know what you're talking about <laughs> um and we and there are multiple points that in allegra's it was seemed like notes, but also like strict judgment that I will get to after <laughs> I say my pre-watch Rant. notes. Um, I really don't think I've seen this movie more than once and then like in chunks really close to around when it came out. Yeah. So I don't remember much other than Jack Black is super shallow and I think he sees like a hypnotist. And all of a sudden, he, like, can't see people's external flaws. So he falls in love with Gwyneth Paltrow, and all of his friends are like, your girlfriend sucks because she's fat. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Is that right? I guess we'll see. (laughs) I also spoke this to text, so, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, with all that in mind, let's let's hear your guys' scores. Gray, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wanted to give every single category a one, and I forced myself to be more generous. And it's still probably the lowest scores I have ever rated any movie on this podcast. Wow. Well, what's your nostalgia? Uh, 
very generously because I remembered a lot more. I remembered Spina Bifida, dude. I remember the nurse looking old, but ended up like we get a shot of her looking young and attractive. Um, How do you remember so much of this movie? You remember so much. So what is your score? Because I feel like it's still going to be lower than it should be, considering it sounds like you remember just this you... whole movie. Okay, guys, we've had this debate before. Just because you remember something does not make you nostalgic for okay, it. Okay, well, what's like, your score? Three. That's that. Okay, considering everything you remember, that feels really low to me. And I, because I gave it a two. I didn't, like, and... remember this fondly. But that... Okay, I don't know. I know we always debate this, but I feel like you could. I feel like, I don't know. But I'm I sure get, it can be argued. The up. fact that okay, I gave it a two. <laughs> Holland, take it away. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I gave it a two because I remembered the general premise, and then as I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, the tail. Oh, <laughs> I fucking suppressed the tail. Oh yeah, I had suppressed it until I saw it. I remember to be like in my notes. I'm like, oh no, oh no, wait, wait, is this yeah. the thing with the tail? And then they I, show the tail, and I was like, flashbacks to horror from yeah, when I was four. I, I and think saw that tail. We all must have like collectively blocked it out for like <laughs> safety, and then yeah, because as as soon as it came up, I. As, like right as it was about to happen I wrote in my notes in all caps oh my god I forgot about the tail so I don't know whatever sit through I think I have a generous three I also have a generous three <laughs> because yeah like it was kind of boring and it was not funny and it was also offensive but I also was like how is this end i feel like i like i truly because i didn't really remember a lot i was just like there was just still a small part of me that was like wondering where it was going you know <laughs> put a pin in that because i have thoughts because it's not just the premise and all of the horrible jokes and like it's also just not a good movie yeah it's like also just at its core a terrible rom-com but we'll get into it later. Appropriate for children, I also have a three. But I don't know if it should be lower. I can't. Yeah, I have Like, a... there wasn't nudity. There really wasn't that much swearing. It just has a terrible message. And if the beginning of this movie is indicative of how wait, much wait, wait, children wait, wait. take things to Hold heart. <laughs> I think... From adults. I think... I don't think... The message is terrible. I think the execution is terrible. It's it's intent versus impact. Yeah. So I heard that the writer or director, one of the Farley brothers, said that he made this movie because he was sad to see how poorly fat people were treated in America and then proceeded to not consult with any actual fat people's lived experiences and many fat activist organizations said this is terrible and you're putting very offensive ideas out into the world and his response was no no this is helping shut up like and i'm like this is an example of why i don't have a very high nostalgia is because the things i remember are like when gwyneth paltrow a chair collapses under her and he's like what the hell is this made out of and they're like oh steel and i'm just like great now i have a fear of like sitting on a chair having it collapse under me and people like demonizing my weight as a result of it and i'm like oh boy so glad that that that's the joke that's what's being played for laughs that's the message. Yeah. That's did, why it's a two. Did you... So you said a two for a proverb for children. Yeah. Okay. I don't, can't remember if you said that. She um, did. Does it hold up? I have a two. I have a one. Can I follow? I have a four. <sighs> I also have a four. The magic does not make any fucking sense. Okay. Is uh, it magic? You're gonna, hey, 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 hey. It's, like it's my turn though. to speak now. It is my <laughs> turn to speak. Listen. This movie was trying to accomplish a better message than I think what you guys are shaping it up to be. I think that for the most part, the majority of the characters that interact with Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow 
are either, you know, offended by his, like, seemingly, like, you know, deliberate attempts of being like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, cut the shit. Like, you don't have to, like, even Gwyneth Paltrow's like, you don't need to, you don't need to say this. Like, it's fine. Like, if you like me, you like me. And he's like, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. Or, like, the people that know him, they are, tr- they are so, like, you know, taken aback and, like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. They're not like, oh, my God, she's so fat. They're like, you are historically incredibly shallow. What is happening to you? I think other than Jason Alexander, yeah, I was gonna but say, I think other that's other than Jason Alexander. But, but again, that's part of his character for being incredibly shallow. Like he's supposed to be the heel. He is the heel in this, and so is Hal to an extent. So yeah, I think the thing that it's just the thing that is infuriating to me that makes it like I understand what they were trying to do. But it just makes me so upset that he didn't like the whole thing is that he's not seeing people as themselves. He's being like he's seeing them as something that's already like he's already been force fed this idea of what like classic beauty is supposed to be. And instead of like changing his perception on that to include other types of people it's just like putting i guess as jason alexander would say beer goggles or whatever over his eyes it's kind of like well couldn't that be couldn't that be a an attempt to visualize you know what the transformation in his head is that's the that's that is genuinely how I'm trying to be generous with it where it feels like the Fairley brothers were like this is kind of a hard concept to translate but basically this is a guy who's been conditioned to only believe that beauty is like the hyper extreme conventional attraction so for this metaphor to work we're trying to communicate to you the audience the maybe feeling of what that beauty feels to him yeah but then they immediately undercut that kind of message every single time he comments on her body showing that he just genuinely does not know what she looks like and the main like twist at the end where like they pass in the restaurant and she's like hi and he says hi and like does not recognize her shoots that in the foot like he genuinely does not know what all of these people look like and they go out of their way to explain that and i'm just like all right so like what does it mean yeah i feel like it's well, like well he it's like he's not i don't think he doesn't learn it just feels like he's not learning he's not actively learning a lesson yeah he's well, still he he's still technically does into... at the end he still does he goes like listen you know like his lesson was learned in that after everything, after he, you know, comes back from the hypnosis and, like, is with the, the fucking girl across the hall at the dinner and is just like, wait, no, like, I don't care. Like, external beauty is not what's important to me. Like, I had something really special with this human and yeah, he like the part of the hypnosis was he did he was in a trance, but he was seeing people for who they really were, but he was just like in his mind people who are genuinely good back then pre-hypnosis his only, you know, uh litmus test or radar or whatever for what is considered good was attraction so that when he's under this hypnosis what he sees for good is conveyed as attraction even though what it really means is he is meeting these people sees that they're decent and they're kind and they're funny and he gets along with them and um when he gets out of it he goes like no 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 like i see like i he wanted to find her he wanted to go to her and he's like i don't care about physical beauty like you are the human being that i fell in love with and i want to be with you and that is the lesson he learned 
It's yeah, again, I'm not saying this is a great yeah. movie. You, I, just, I am yeah, I literally being forced to defend this movie. I know, but I know. <laughs> I'm not, but, you're not responsible for the existence of Shallow Hal Gray, and it's one of the things I love about you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another upsetting thing I learned about this movie after watching it is um, the creation of the fat suit. Um, so there are sometimes body doubles uh, for the shots of Gwyneth Paltrow's character, and then there's Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit. And it turns yes. out that this fat suit was not meant to replicate um, a real fat person's body. It was supposed to accentuate fatness in every element they were like we wanted the ankles to be the fattest that they could be we wanted the chins to be heavier we wanted to like their aim was to try and equate fatness into every element rather than having it look like a real person like you know in the beginning in the elevator where he's like i want heidi klum's teeth and britney spears's tits it's like they kind of did that and so that's why her the fat suit looks so It looks like weird. she's melting. She's like it's disproportionate. It's like I don't know, it's super crazy. And she can't like wear shoes. But you remember the shot that showed her feet in those little sandals? <laughs> she was just like balancing on them essentially. It's just it was so weird. Every single joke in this movie is at the expense of like the people they're trying to say the message is about. Yeah. See, yeah, I think that's the thing that, like, really undercuts a lot of, like, the goodness, quote-unquote, that the they're joke, trying to do. Yeah, the joke is never on Jason Alexander. They kind of just say, we want to tell all these offensive jokes, so we'll make Jason Alexander say them because he's obviously the bad guy. But he gets, like, no real comeuppance. He, no. And he just gets to say all this awful, heinous shit, and the joke is always on fat people or people who don't meet this like strict standard of beauty yeah and it's like because you have a tail we're just gonna be like ah well you can say those things then it's guess it's coming from insecurity i don't know that was so weird the tail was so upsetting. it was so disgusting <laughs> the tail honestly I, like you know how Jason the tail sucked the tail sucked <laughs> Oh my god! So disgusting looking. Why? (laughs) I just. (sighs) Legra, you're you're a dog person. (laughs) So last week you asked the question, "Would you still love me if I turned into Rob Schneider?" (laughs) This week I'm gonna ask you if the person you loved. Allegra, you're a dog lover. (laughs) If the person you decided to spend your life with romantically had that tail, that tail, that specific tail, would you still love them? Um, honestly, truly, honestly, if I really loved them, it's something I could get past. But if it were attached to this specific character, <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> That's fair. Not a fucking Mar- Marcrucio. What was his name? Mar- Maritz- Mauricio. 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 <laughs> Fuck Mauricio. What if, in addition, they also had the hair in a can? Oh my god. That they insisted on wearing all the time and never acknowledging yeah i would i would have to be like i could maybe get past the tail but we're gonna have to talk about you just embracing what you have or don't <laughs> yeah because yes yeah. the like i don't even think jason alexander is a bad looking person like he's got enough like swag sometimes where he can be attractive you know it depends it. on the look but the hair, the, the spray ha- on hair looks worse than it just not being there at exactly. all. Exactly. The, the spray on yeah. hair is worse than what he already rocks. Like, he doesn't need yeah. it. It's it's hurting more than it's helping. Yeah. So I have lots more complaints about this movie. But, Gray, is there anything you wanted to talk about? Well, actually, speaking of hair. Did I say Holland? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> speaking of hair, um, Jack Black's appearance 
really bothered me, and I figured it out. It was because, like, whenever his hair was forward, I'm like, it's oh, fine. it's Jack Black. Yeah, the spiked But whenever it was hair. slicked back or spiked up or whatever that was, it was <laughs> awful. So Terrible. Bad. I For like... some reason, I never realized Jack Black had bad teeth until his hair was not in his face. Yeah. Me neither. I was like, and it's not necessarily I... bad teeth. It's just, like, spiked. Spaced out. A little spaced out, he yeah. He looked like a lizard person in this movie, and it was all because of his hair. Yeah. The hair really. It was really bad. Wasn't doing him any favors. When I was writing my notes, I was like, I don't even remember what his hair looks like, but I do distinctly remember hating it. And I, <laughs> the movie started, and I was like, I was right. And then, so. Oh, the guys. Scene... Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yo, you're on. I was going to change the topic. Keep going. Keep going. So when Jack Black is walking down the street, because apparently his character lives in Mon- it's on Montana, I think they're in. Montana? I thought they said they were in Montana. I think he said that, too, to the girl in the that. cab. But it was filmed in, like, South Carolina. I don't know, but... Whatever. Apparently, it's, it's 2001. He does not have a phone or a car. And he's just walking down the street, and Maurizio comes up in his car. And I was like, near the end of the movie, and I was like, Jack Black's hair suddenly looks fine. It's like suddenly I can look at his face and not want to punch him. Um, yeah, it was only like not pushed back in like two, maybe three scenes. Only two scenes I can like recall. It was that one you just talked about and like one specific other one when he and Gwyneth Paltrow are on some date. Definitely like the beginning of the movie. So bad. That whole sequence, his hair was bad. Also, yeah. the be- the opening of the movie, like, I guess after the flashback scene, when they're in the club, the music does not match at all. No. Oh, <laughs> it's like oh. a 90s-ass okay, alternative, like... This is exactly what I was going track. to bring up. We have a new... So far, it's only been two movies this season, a new running conspiracy, Clubgate. <laughs> Early, early two thousands depictions of nightclubs. <laughs> Meg said, "She's like, it's my new favorite thing is watching scenes with a nightclub in it, in a movie from like the early two thousands." Because she was like, "All the lights are on, yeah. the music's horrible, and everyone's just dancing with their arms like yeah. right up, right next to their head or above their head, and it's very robotic and horrible." Also, just um, sitting at the bar at a club. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no seats. Yeah, there's no seats at a bar in a club. No, <laughs> maybe in North Carolina, Montana. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the club scene is like over there. <laughs> Make it a double brewski. Um, oh yeah. Gosh. So that that's my thing. I want. I hope. There's a nightclub in every single movie we watch. I know there's this. one in Sleepover. <laughs> Please be one in Sahara. Um, <laughs> who knows? The King who knows? and I. Um, <laughs> and the King and I. The famous nightclub scene in the animated King and I. <laughs> oh, wait, guys. So I did write a note. Is was most of the way through the movie, but I did say, I was like, I feel like this movie is surprisingly less problematic than what Holland and Allegra had made it out to be. I'm not saying it's not, but it's less horrible than I thought. And then immediately after I wrote that, <laughs> the, uh, the switch happened and he's talking to the hostess and I was like, mm. oh man, like, they're making this to Transphobia. be the punchline. Yeah, I was like, and then I just go, oh no, <laughs> the hostess, that's problematic. It's um, like, like, okay, so it's like the whole, yeah, so that's the whole thing. The whole thing is when it switches back, it's like, oh, so these are all the people that you are saying are not beautiful. Exactly. Like, trans women aren't beautiful, fat women aren't beautiful. Like burn victims are burn beautiful. victims aren't beautiful. Child <laughs> burn victims are not beautiful. With oh man, I was like, why did you have to go there? Why did you have to go there? Like the whole movie, everyone who Jack Black sees as beautiful and society does not. 
they're like the people who are not are treated like utter dog shit and then I'm like, are you implying that if someone were to go into this pediatric burn bu- victim fucking unit in the wing, they'd be like, ew, gross, puh, gross kids. Like, you're telling me people aren't just always really nice yeah. to these children? Like, well, no, 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 no. What, what Gwyneth Paltrow said was, that was amazing. Most people are a little bit more, and it was more, like, sad. And, like, that's what she that's what she said was, like, People aren't usually so just like they don't treat them you know. Like kids. Yeah, they don't treat them like kids. They treat them like with like they're delicate. With kids yeah, with gloves. pity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but so this uh, is an example. Going back to the hostess, this is an example of the movie like almost getting it, and then just at yeah, the last minute and then pulling the rug out, completely missing the point. Where it's like the movie could have been about how. Jack Black may have initially, like, completely written off this trans woman hostess, but then gotten past it and realized you really are truly a beautiful woman. And instead, the switch happens, and it's like the lipstick is over the top, the fake boobs are over the top. It's like this is this cis male filmmaker's idea of what a trans woman looks like. And she's, like, the costuming is intentionally being, like, and you, the audience, look at this person and laugh at them. Yeah. Like, that's the joke. And I'm, like, yeah. you're undercutting your own message at every turn. Yeah. and I, I will like- say this, and again, not disagreeing at all, but couldn't we chalk some of it up to this is – how most movies around this time portrayed things. The nineties were deeply transphobic. There was like a fascination with being transphobic. I mean, I mean, I will say that the, this movie, that's definitely something to consider with this movie is like the time, Mm -hmm. but does not affect, does not positively affect the holdup. But you know what? The hot (laughs) chick came out a year later. And I'd say they handled things a little better, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we want to compare though, because that one's also not. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't I mean, be doing that. Like the hot chick was bad and it was not good, but I had way more fun watching the hot chick than I did watching. Yes. The so movie. I was gonna say, and this probably does hurt my score, but whatever. <laughs> like this movie, I feel like this movie wouldn't be as offensive if it wasn't trying to be uplifting or like send a sincere message. If they went fully to, like, this is the joke, then you could just be like, yeah, this is just a shitty movie, you know, with a horrible message or whatever. But the fact that they are still trying to accomplish something with it and they're undercutting it every step of the way, it sounds like from the way you guys are describing it, it makes it worse. In a way. I don't know. I don't know what would make this movie better. So if they had talked, <laughs> if they had literally consulted any actual fat women at all. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, another time where, you know, I was early on in the movie, I was wondering if this was going to kind of be like the hot chick where we said it's been so long and our sort of sense of how we talk about these topics have has changed so much that I wonder if it would have, like, a cyclical accidentally woke moment. But instead, it was that so close, and then you completely veer off course. So, um, you know when she's just like, listen, Hal, I know what I am, and I know what I'm not. And we're like, wow, maybe this is someone who's, like, confident in someone who accepts herself for who she is. Yeah. She's like, so don't call me beautiful. So I'm like, okay, she's either deeply insecure, which is for sure a thing, or she's very confident. I don't know. It's like she's not a real character yeah we don't actually get to know anything about her she is only ever viewed through other people's eyes eyes, especially Hal's. like we learn almost nothing about her other than she's in the peace corps yeah and they're just like oh my god the implication that all ugly people are wonderful peace corps uh volunteers and then uh everyone else sucks i don't know but um I don't know. So, like, I thought that was just supposed to be an implication that, like, most like super hot people are just superficial. Yeah, and I mean, that's, again, that's the other side of the coin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, um, 
I don't know. So there are moments where I'm like, this doesn't feel like a true lived experience. Um, where it was like, so he's like, how they meet the meat cute of him going, of him stalking her into a lingerie store. <laughs> Gray, you have a car. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I, I forgot. I, I, I didn't even like, I didn't even pay that any attention. I was just like, oh my god. Did you? So, Gray, have you ever um, been driving been on the driving road? On the road, um, and seen a beautiful. So, Gray, woman. you drive cars um, and have eyeballs. <laughs> have you ever thought to yourself, "I gotta stop this car and follow this woman into a department store so I can hit on her"? You're like, this I'll is, just say this: guys being dudes. I have never, ever in my life. <laughs> seen a stranger gone up to them and began hitting on them just like that not once not once to stop your vehicle (laughs) follow a woman into a department store see her looking at underwear and think you're too skinny for those gross granny panties like what a good pickup line how is that your opening line how is that your opening line at all and then she's just like, why? You're so fit. And she's like, you can fuck right off. And then he's like, my bad. Let me apologize. I'm just dumb. I'm like, in what lived world would a woman go, nah, all right. <laughs> I know. I so know. I'm like, okay, maybe she's like so absolutely ruined by the way society treats her that she's so has such low self-esteem. I will say, like, there is an aspect of this movie that I feel like might ring slightly true in that I feel like non-traditionally attractive women have to deal with a lot of shit when it comes to dating and I feel like because society is telling you you're like a second class citizen because of the way that you look that could be enough to just like beat you into submission into thinking that you don't deserve like just baseline human respect listen and if it were that it would be one thing so did you guys watch shrill on hulu i have watched i watched like a couple episodes so that show is based off of a woman who is actually fat and has had to deal with shit and like one of the main plot points in season one is that she's dating a dude who treats her like garbage because she thinks you know you accept the love you think you deserve that, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. If that's how the movie wanted to go. But then they go out to eat and she orders a, quote, double pizza burger. <laughs> I didn't even clock that. And it's like, oh I don't know. Oh, my God. And, like, this is an experience for fat women, but I know this is an experience for all kinds of women. Anyone Just with eating in, at all. Eating in front of a, a dude. In front of a guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like people get so terrified, especially if you're fat, especially if people feel like they have the right to comment on your body and your behavior. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's a terrifying, nerve wracking experience to eat in public, especially with strangers and especially with a stranger who is opening line to you is about your appearance and your body. So I'm like, OK, this doesn't feel real to me. This doesn't just feel like, like this feels like this guy going, yeah, well, she's fat. So obviously she's going to order the most disgusting thing on the menu. That's what fat people do. Yeah. Um, is now the time to talk about the magic? <laughs> Wait, first of all, I, before we get into the magic, I want to bring up just the one line, the one part that actually made me laugh like okay. out loud that I enjoyed genuinely. I'm like, that's a funny joke. Good on you, Jack Black. You delivered it well. It is when he he ditches her from the restaurant because of the spell being worn off and he meets Jason Alexander at his apartment. But then Gwyneth Paltrow shows up and is like, let me in, let me in. And he's like, I got this weird shit or whatever. And then he puts Vaseline on his eyes and looks like, honestly, when he opened the door, I laughed hella hard. And then she was like, oh my God, do you need to go to a hospital? And he just goes, nah, nah, I got some drops. I'll be fine. And then he goes, and he just goes, bye. And closes the door. That like his delivery was so fucking hilarious. Like I actually was like, I have to write it down. 
It's the yeah. one part I wrote down, and I'm yeah, like, that honestly, was great. That's fair. Great. I will bump you up one whole enjoyability point <laughs> because now nah, I got some drops. Did get me that one. That one got me. <laughs> it's like you you have like slime like festering around your eyes. You're just like, I got a couple. I got some eye drops. I got some drops. It's like his eyes have exploded into pus, and he's like, nah, I got some drops. Yeah. Okay, so like that made me laugh really hard. Gray, um, now let's one. talk about the magic. I was just gonna say, Gray, you gave me one nostalgia point for the hot chick because of the shake it twice. <laughs> I completely, I had absolutely no memory of how he had this like perspective change happen to him. I did not remember Tony Robbins at all so that that gave me some whiplash and i was like tony robbins is the device is the magic device in this movie i know he's a very 90s person i have no idea who this is he's like a self-help guy yeah he's a motivational speaker self-help guy yeah Um, i googled him isn't he problematic now yeah i googled him to be like who is tony robbins and it was like massive sexual misconduct allegations against tony robbins yeah yeah i had no idea he played such a large part in this movie like he was so even after the first scene i was like oh that's who does it okay cool but then he shows up like (laughs) two or three more times Banana yeah. hands is the whole point of the movie. The movie doesn't happen without <laughs> banana, banana hands. Banana hands. Oh man. Oh oh oh. I just it's Tony. It's like I have so many questions. First of all, how do you know that someone is inherently good just by looking at them? If you're looking for right. it, what? Even when, like, if you don't know somebody. You don't know you. It's a stranger, and they look beautiful hey, Holland, to you. You can see it if you know them. what yeah. you're looking for. Okay. <laughs> if you just already go into a situation, no. So, have you guys ever seen? Oh shit! It's like a Colin Firth movie where uh, he. It's like the '60s, and he's a closeted gay guy. And um, every time, like the so the whole get like Mamma Mia. <laughs> so they're in Greece. <laughs> Wait, sorry, Mamma Mia two. <laughs> Here we go again. So like the whole gimmick of the movie is that you sort of um he's a closeted guy, so he's very suppressed and he's like having to present a fake life to people. But we the audience get to know what his feelings are because of the color contrast of the movie. When he's sad, things are more muted, and when he's happy, things are more colorful and bright. I think this movie maybe would have been cooler if it was sort of that experience of like everyone looks how they look. They are just they're just normal people, and they didn't like just draw squiggly little unibrows on women. Uh, <laughs> and it was like once he got to know them, then suddenly they're high contrast, and maybe even I don't know face tuned, like whatever. And like that is how we experience the sensations and it's not just and she looks like a model (laughs) yeah that's how men will understand women's humanity also i guess it's just immune to anybody he's ever met before yeah like jason alexander should look like a fucking bridge (laughs) troll but instead he's just jason alexander still like maybe if you yeah i do it the only time they reverse it is with the nurse and i feel like they should have reversed it more like, yeah, he, like, yeah. like, what if yeah. he, when he yeah. meets, uh, no, I guess, I guess her parents aren't bad people, but I'm trying to think of like, like he meets someone who like is seen throughout the movie and when he comes out of it, he goes like, oh my God, wait, that makes more sense. You're a terrible, or like, or like even Jill, the, the, the neighbor, if yeah. they just had something subtle where he like can't really put his finger on it because he knows it's jill but she looks you know different to put it in the other i don't know i don't know if that would even make it better because it's just reinforcing the whole issue with the movie to begin with that it's all external you know what would have been cool if it's slowly over the course of the movie jason alexander actually starts becoming a worse person so he gets uglier and uglier to jack black and he's like man what is with you yeah he like reverses it we're like what's wrong with you hal and he's like what's wrong with you you look like shit i think 
like a gradual mm-hmm. appearance change. I mean, an appearance, the whole appearance, if we're keeping that as part of this like inner beauty thing, it would have been interesting if he like met Gwyneth Paltrow at her, in, rea- in her reality. And then like the more he got to know her, the more beautiful she became. Like, I don't know. I guess that's also not the point. I like it. But like, no, I, I like, like it, it would have been better. Or if like the whole spell was like, well, cause then, then that would at least, it would at least kind of follow with my lesson. attempt at explaining this movie that it's like, it's just the visualization of what he's experiencing and not strictly superficial. And so it would at least be like, oh yeah, the more I get to know her, the more beautiful she becomes. And then lo and behold, you know, she actually looks the way she looks and he's like, it's perfect. So you know what movie did this better? Hmm. Shrek. I was just literally just thinking about Shrek. Hey, when did Shrek come out? Shrek. 2001. Yeah. I was I think. supposed to be beautiful. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's see here. Shrek came out in April of 01. So Shrek did it first. Shrek did it better. Yeah. Um, still, this, I still think it deserves a 100, but we'll... This this movie is not going to get Shrek level scores. Oh, no, 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 no. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm well aware. Um, so... I'm even tempted yeah. to bring down my appropriate for children just... Just for the tale, just for remembering the tale some more. <laughs> but I no, come on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lower my scores any more than they already are, Gray. Um. So wait, we still never really got into the magic. The magic. The hypnotism, the guruing, like <laughs> the inconsistency, the like total nonsense of it. The biggest thing I have a complaint about, honestly, more than the inconsistency. More than the stupid elevator hour in the thing that makes the least amount of sense is how it gets undone. Yeah. Shall how wants a gal. That's it. What? Like Tony (laughs) Robbins, you bake in like reverse curse? Like what do you mean? Yeah. How? Yeah, that is I didn't think about that. That it was like he was even saying, like, I didn't hypnotize him and then all of a sudden he's like there's a counter curse. Yeah. what so weird you fucking avada cadavered honestly guys the least realistic part of this entire movie is the fact that there are multiple buildings with elevators in the state of montana (laughs) (laughs) that's fairly true i don't have much to say about this movie oh i wish i didn't have to defend it I forgot I was defending it until halfway through, so I have a lot of negative notes about it. Um, <laughs> Did you and... guys also get distracted by Comfort Eagle playing yes. in like, the yes. climax of the movie? <laughs> oh my we god. We are building a religion. A distracted? More like sucked in. <laughs> we he are is calling you the... Dude! Well, because I'm like, that's that's Grey's song. That's the Grey song, Yeah. <laughs> It is my, yeah, for all of you guys out there, <laughs> my my just like kind of nickname by my dad was just dude, dude or the dude. We all had our own. Holland was H, Allegra was legs, I was dude. So Comfort Eagle by Cake, Sacramento local band, shout out. Hey, hometown heroes. <laughs> we play, we listened to it a lot. That was my song. It was the dude song, is what I called it. I just vividly remember every single time we got to the chorus, Dad would point to Gray. He is calling you dude! Yeah. Do you believe in the one? The soundtrack to this movie was kind of all over the place, too. It was very all over the place. The soundtrack was actually, like, kind of good, and you're like, what? So was the hot chick. I think it's just early thousands. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just like, we got to make a raunchy comedy, and if you're offended, that means we did our job, and also, (laughs) music way too good for this movie. Okay, wait, I'm going to say this, too, before we finish. I know this statement goes against the entire point of the movie, but goddammit, Gwyneth Paltrow is so beautiful in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This is also an interesting thing, because when I watched this movie, I didn't know who Gwyneth Paltrow was. I had no context for who she is or who she would obviously become and now watching this movie it's i'm just like it's the goop lady 
I'm like, this woman sells vampire repellent and, like, gets her vagina steamed. Like, I can't. (laughs) She sells vagina candles. It's so hard to, like, look at her and not think of the goop and empire. Yeah. It's also really weird to think about her even agreeing to do this movie. Because she was, like, maybe at her peak when she did this This movie. This is post-Shakespeare in love. Yeah. She had Yeah, this is post Oscar. This is the earliest movie I've ever seen her in, meaning this is the like I haven't seen a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow movies. You know, fair. like the only ones genuinely the only ones that come to mind off my head Iron Man are Iron the Man. Iron Man movies <laughs> and now Shallow How that I have personally yeah. seen. But I'm just saying, because this is the the like, you know, She's beautiful. She's at her peak, like you said, probably like as an actress. And, Honestly, you know, she's. Gray, this is completely off topic other than the topic of Gwyneth Paltrow. I feel like you and Meg should watch Sliding Doors if you've never seen it. It's a okay. really fun movie. Sliding Doors. Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. So it's about, you know, Can how you t- those, um, those houses have back doors where <laughs> into the backyard and it's a sliding door? No. <laughs> It's like Gwyneth Paltrow is a British lady and it's like it shows like two timelines of what would have happened to her life had she made the tube or not made the tube. Like the, the sliding doors are the doors to the train. Yeah. So oh, when you said made the tube, I'm like, she's making tubes. Is that her job? <laughs> no. So it's like. Her life diverts in one way if she had made the train, but and it diverts in another way if she hadn't made the train. But it's kind, it's it's kind of like whimsical and like it's like a little rom commy. It's 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 interesting. Okay, well let's just fucking rip the bandaid off and tell me your final scores so we can have the new lowest movie of podcast history. <laughs> <laughs> My nostalgia's still a two. I, I like I real say. I I honestly I just truly did not remember most of this movie. I, I feel like Allegra, you I'll bump it up to a four because I remembered more than uh I was honestly shocked about how much I remembered. Okay, sit through I have a three. I'm keeping it at a four. The children, um I'm keeping it at a two. I'll keep mine at a three. Hold up is one. I don't think this movie holds up in, like, almost any conceivable way. (laughs) Not the fashion, not the way it's filmed, not the messaging, not the jokes. Like, nothing. I'll just keep it at a two. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Followability, I'm keeping at a four. Did I at least bump up followability at all? The magic makes no sense. The characters are not characters. You don't know what's because happening. Because I tried to at all. least I tried to at least make sense of the magic a little bit in terms of the motivation of how it was filmed. And that's already taken into account of my own followability. Yeah, I'm okay. keeping mine out of four too. I'm sorry, Greg. It makes no okay. sense. Like this movie like you don't learn anything about Gwyneth Paltrow unless it has something to like that will personally affect Hal. Like we learn that she's in the Peace Corps, so he can be like, "Wow, you're such a good person." But we don't know really anything about her experience, why she wants to go back into the Peace Corps, how she grew up. Like if you were reasonably dating this person for several weeks, she probably and like you were falling in love. At some point, she's going to talk about her experience living as a fat person who gets harassed on the street all the time. And you're telling me that never came up in conversation or the entire time they were dating he was like what no way you're not fat and then just shut that conversation down i don't know this movie just made me irrationally angry so yeah follow <laughs> any bonus points <laughs> you know what great i'll give a bonus point for that uh the eye joke for the drops the drops <laughs> um <laughs> this movie another thing i learned from the maintenance phase podcast is the this movie won an award for positive d- 
depictions of people with disabilities for the guy who had spina bifida. Okay. And I'm like, I kind of enjoyed that character. He yeah. Was, he was just a chill dude, and he, he didn't change post-weird hypnotism. Yeah. So... Jack Black thought he was beautiful just how he was. So, I yeah, they were homies before. Yeah. yeah like he he we saw this guy and then like we saw him after and he didn't change. And I think it I would have been even harsher on this movie had they put an they, able-bodied actor yeah. in the place of that. Yeah. All right, great. <laughs> so, that's two bonus points? Yeah. Well, Oh With that, <laughs> doesn't even crack twenty. <laughs> it is not the lowest rated movie that we have ever viewed. Wow, would it That's have shocking? It, just for question, would it have been had we not given it bonus points? No. Okay. It still would not have been if that clarifies what I just tried to say. Yeah. It is. It comes in at a thirty-one. Wow. Wait, what's the lowest? 30? I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Another thing that I had to defend <laughs> that came in at a 25. Okay, I forgot about Chuck and Larry. I was still operating under uh, so the it's Kangaroo the Jack. Second, it's the second worst. Okay, wow. 31. Kangaroo Jack is 37. They're okay. very similar in my complaints about them. <laughs> Instead of being fat phobic, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry as homophobic. And like both movies think that they're doing something, that they're saying something about these marginalized Wait, communities. Did, and did both... the Fairley brothers have anything to do with I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? <laughs> And they're both no, they trying don't. like way too hard to be funny when they're just it's not at all. It's not the joke like where are the jokes is something I feel like I said for both of these movies. Both of those movies. <laughs> um all right. all right. Well, Greg, well, you set thank a record. God we're done. Well, almost almost. <laughs> no, I just mean done season. talking about like having to try to defend this movie. I just want <laughs> another disclaimer, like guys. I did not like this movie. I agree with absolutely everything you guys said. <laughs> I was literally forced upon this movie. Honestly. And I want the audience to know that I, I – it pained me to have to try and argue. And I tried my best to never disagree with the, the points you guys were making. If anything, I was just trying to lighten the punch. Yeah. Just lessen Honest, the punch. A valiant effort. Like, round of applause, Gray. Round like, of Dumbledore claps for Gray. Hey, <laughs> it gave me, I will say, it gave me, let's see here, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 20, 26. It gave me three points. A. They, that's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. Three that's, points plus two bonus points, so like five total. I'm like, like, I'll fucking take it. That's like 10% of the score. Man. Three points. Just imagine if I had gone with my original. <laughs> oh my god. Just imagine if I had gone with my original scores I wanted to give of all ones. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the the not important parts of this movie. Um, well, none of this part was important, but um, budget was forty million. Box office was a hundred and forty one point one million. What? I think it was just because of the names. It had to have been. Yeah. So, writer Sean Moynihan is legally blind and was inspired by Tony Robbins to write the script. Oh, Earlier versions of the story did not include Robin's character. Instead, a psychic was responsible for Hal's change of view. So I think it was like a, hey, you inspired me. You helped me. Do you want to be in my movie? And it made it worse. In its opening weekend, Shallow Hal grossed $22.5 million, opening at number two behind Monsters, Inc. for that oh, weekend. Wow. What a time. So I think that had to have been why – like. Look, opening weekend, it got $22.5 million. That's more than half of its budget. It was just the, the name that drew people in. Um, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Roger fucking Ebert gave this a three out of four and called it, <laughs> quote, 
often very funny, but it is also surprisingly moving at times. What? Um, A.O. Scott of the New York Times called it a series of fat jokes turned into a tender fable in a winning love story. So that tells you what the times were like. It just... Yeah, it just, I guess it was. No pun intended, because both of those newspapers are the time. I guess things were really just so different. The bar was underground. Ago. Yeah. Um, um, ironically, Jack Black had to lose weight for the role of Hal. What? Um, according to the DVD commentary, the Fairley brothers stated, or Farley? Farley? I think it's fairly. 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 The Fairly brothers stated that the line, well, I can squeeze them and that's real enough for me, was changed to avoid an R rating. Um, The original quote from the script was, well, I could suck on them and that's real enough for me. (sighs) Which, like, good edit. That did not need to be that. I'm glad that that wasn't in the movie. Um, And then this one makes me laugh really hard um the tail prosthetic jason oh alexander wore in the final scene which so wasn't the final scene but anyways gave him horrific stretch marks that never went away oh, jason what? alexander has gone on to say quote it was really traumatic for me i didn't even get the joke why did he have a tail it's not even funny it's just disgusting <laughs> poor jason alexander i know he literally has like I'm sure it's gone away since then, but, like, he literally has, like, lifelong trauma from yes. being in this movie. Um, God. And then lastly, um, Hal's co-workers were played by Kyle Gass and Laura Nightlinger. Gass is Jack Black's yeah. bandmate from Tenacious D. And, uh, oh, it's not Nightlinger, it's Kitelinger, was Black's girlfriend at the time. Oh, cool. I did recognize yeah. Kyle Gast, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "Are yeah. you gonna sing a song?" No, because <laughs> nothing good can happen in this movie. Well, we get to the choosing. All right, Greg. Choosing. The choosing. Okay, Greg, uh, you want to flip that coin? Because clearly, Allegra and I are really bad at it. <laughs> well, can you do it? Because I have a cat on my lap, and I can't oh, move. I want to do it. All right, hold on. Call it in the air. Once I, once I have it. Once I have it. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> call, call it in the air, okay? Call it in the air, drops it. Tails. I did so good! He and did. I caught it! He did. What did, what did you say? I said tails. It's hey! Three stickers! Yes. Let's get these all out of the way as soon well, as possible. I guess at least for the first month, we're all on a relatively even playing field. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Oh, God. Here's the stinker wheel. Stinky, I hope it's sleepover. Stinky. We need a stinky theme song. No! Cats and dogs. No! no! We're the king and I. Oh, my God. Oh, God damn it. No. This is my movie, too, that I put on there. It's so bad. I will, I'm going to say this because it's something that Meg said that is very true. When I told her we had to watch this movie, Shallow Hal, she said... Is it a like? Sh- or she? I said, I'm like, it's just a shitty movie. She said, is it a kids movie? I said, no. And she said, okay, well, I genuinely prefer watching shitty movies as opposed to shitty kids movies. <laughs> and now we have to watch a shitty kids movie, and I agree with her sentiment because it's agree. so much worse. Yeah, she, it's very true. She yeah. was like, she was like, honestly, I would rather have watched the hot chick way more than agent cody banks and i'm like you are so right yeah dude the oh, only another... reason this score is gonna be high for you is because of appropriate for children we'll see. another 2001 movie oh also at least it's only an hour and 27 minutes so right. at least it's not a slog well it's not oh it's another 2001 okay yeah so we, we all that's three a, of these that's movies our have fifth? been in like the same Contemporary, basically. God, the yeah, so we've boring. had we've had after the hot chick, that was our sixth movie from two thousand two, and Cats and Dogs will be our fifth from two thousand one. Wow. This is the peak years for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like nine, ten during these ones. Like so six. Yeah. Um God. Alright. Well, please. <laughs> 
follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Latchkey Sibs. You can email us at latchkeysibs at gmail.com for any longer thoughts and feelings. Uh, please especially follow us on Instagram because every Friday we post a poll where you can vote on our scores. You can vote to give us an extra point or you can vote to take away a point. Uh, so you can maybe, I don't know, maybe you could throw Gray a bone this week because he got a 31. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week we're watching Cats and Dogs starring Jeff Goldblum. That's the only person I remember who's in this Toby movie. Toby Maguire, Alec Baldwin. Wow. Star-studded, guys. <laughs> yeah, and most of them are voicing horrific CGI monsters. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, goodbye. Calling you, do yeah, do you believe in the one big sign? You double wide shine on the boot heels of your prime. Doesn't matter if you're skinny, doesn't matter if you're fat. You can dress up like a sultan in your onion head hat. We are building a religion, we're making a brand.